I'm Mary Angela Abeo, creator of the Faces of Fortitude movement, which is a safe space for faces of suicide and mental illness to share their stories and help each other heal. And this is Face to Faces, a conversation series featuring people from all walks of life, exploring the real human emotions we're all dealing with as the world around us rapidly evolves. I'm glad you're here with us. Let's lean in. All right. Today's guest is Jamie Krakowski. He's an author, a two-time TEDx speaker, a mental health advocate, and the founder of internationally known mental health organization, To Write Love on Her Arms. Welcome, Jamie. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I think I think uh, we run in a lot of the same circles, and you know, being in the suicide prevention, mental health care arena, there's never too many of us, <laughs> and um, we all are kind of doing this work. But I think what I like to do at the beginning of all of these episodes with everyone is to emotionally check in with you personally and how you're doing because the world is a weird place right now. Oh, for sure. No, I I appreciate that. I've been hosting. Instagram lives on behalf of the organization and trying to start there when we have guests as well. I'm doing well, honestly. I was in Florida for about a month staying with my parents. Um, I went there. I'm living in Nashville and I'm back in Nashville now. Uh, and I'm, I've been back here for about a week and that was a really hard, strange transition, as you can imagine, just making the decision to to come home, obviously in a time when most people are not traveling, but feeling like I didn't want to stay with my parents indefinitely and, and get, you know, thinking about that for days and days. And I had a bunch of flights canceled and then finally had the opportunity to come back here. And, and it was really hard at first, but I, I feel like I've settled in to having some space. It's just me and my little dog who I'm thankful for. Uh, but I'm, I'm doing well. I've, I've really found a sense of purpose in being able to do my best to encourage people in this time. I, I mentioned the Instagram lives. So we've been doing those a couple times a week as an organization, and I've been doing some more on my own. So I think just trying to to show up and be an encouragement and offer people a little bit of connection and community, because it is a really hard, uncertain, scary, anxious time for so many people. Yeah, it really is. I appreciate that. I've seen a few of them and of your lives. And it's funny, you know, when I would do lives with my followers and fans, I um, used to be very, before all of this, I was very like, let's set up the light. My face is, I have all my makeup on, everything. I have all what I'm going to talk about. And now, Jamie, I like get out of bed with like sleep in my eyes still and a cup of coffee and a hood on and bedhead. And I'm like, good morning. Let's check in. How are you guys? Like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of like, I want to show people that, um, I, not that I want to show people. I just really want to connect. Yeah. And it, I just think it, that's the reality for millions and millions of people, not only in the U S but around the world is just that people are doing their best and people, you know, so many people are home. We know not everyone is home. Um, I've, uh, one thing I've been kind of jokingly pointing out, Miley Cyrus has been going live five days a week and, and there were a bunch of days in a row where she was having trouble with her internet, which is just so normal, right? It's just so, it's like, yeah, everyone is trying to figure out how to 
work from home and how to how to do their best with what they have. I love that. I did not know she was doing that. I didn't know she was having internet problems, but I kind of love it. And because isn't that what we all want is to humanize each other during this. And my first interview for this podcast that's out was with Zach Williams, Robin Williams' son. And he was talking to me about how, you know, before his, you know, being on the internet was so negative to him because, you know, screen time and all of that. Now it's how he's staying connected and it's how we're all connecting to each other. And then we talked about, you know, I'm sure you saw the stats of the 300% increase in, in calls to the National Suicide Hotline. And, you know, as people that all work for orgs and, and institutions that help battle that, it's disheartening and it's heartbreaking. And it's so difficult knowing that, you know, who do we help? What hill do we, you know, die on first as far as, um, you know, trying to help all these people that are struggling in so many different ways. Um, but we all know the air mask, uh, you know, uh, example, like how are, how are you practicing self-care during this? You mentioned you had a dog, which right now animals, like I hear that, that adoptions are at all time high right now for animals, which is amazing. No, you know, when, when I was in Florida, it was great because I was, I was staying with my parents. So I got to spend a lot of time with them. You can obviously insert whatever joke about, I didn't expect to be 40 years old and spending a month straight with them, but I was, I did my best to be grateful. And, and overall, I really was grateful to get, you know, to get to see them day after day during a hard time. And also to try to do my best to kind of run out when something needed to pick up something, you know, to trying to help. Uh, but since I've been back, yeah, I, I'm super appreciative of Gracie, my little dog, trying to get outside every day, even if it's just taking a walk before dark once a day. Uh, I have great neighbors. So connecting from a safe distance, you know, just in somebody's yard saying hello and checking in. Uh, I think, you know, I mentioned the Instagram lives, but I I think hopefully that points to the bigger example of, you know, FaceTiming my sisters and my nephews, my parents, FaceTiming friends, you know, having friends check in on me. So I've, I've tried to remind people that, you know, so many things are limited and so many things have been canceled, but we still have some options as it relates to communication, connection, and even self-care. And, uh, and then I think, you know, also I'm an introvert and, uh, certainly been trying to connect with shows that, that move me and trying to do some reading and some writing as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's so many ways we we're just having to get a little creative. And I think that's a lot of it is that people we were stuck in our own ways. And I, I've asked everybody this. And I just wonder if what silver linings you found, because I think in this time, we're very focused on what's difficult. But man, there have been some silver linings like Seattle, which is where I am. We have a Seattle freeze, which is, you know, there's kind of an attitude about everyone. And there's a lot of, um, you know, not people don't look you in the eye. It's a it's a, like a mini New York in many ways. Um, but with this, it's amazing how people have changed. When mm. I walk down the street, every single person looks me in the eye and says hello. That is mind blowing. People walk by on the street with their dogs. And I'm on the third floor and I see them look up. People yeah. don't look up here. Yeah. And it's lovely watching people's existence change and how they connect with people change. And that's my silver lining is I'm like, you just looked at me. We've walked past each other for four months and you've never looked at me. Sure. And it's lovely. No, I, I agree with that. I think, I think people slowing down, people noticing each other, which is what you just talked about. 
you know, kind of seeing each other maybe in a different way or for the first time. Uh, I'm not a fan of hustle culture and I don't know if you might call it busy culture. I, I kind of exist at, at the other end of that spectrum, just encouraging people to rest and not work all the time and, and practice self-care. And it feels like a lot of people are being forced to slow down right now. And I think, you know, I, there's always an asterisk. I, I'm totally aware not everyone is able to do that right now, that some people are working longer and harder than ever. Some people are on the front lines and, and risking their lives, whether it's healthcare workers or people in grocery stores. Uh, but I know that so many of us, we feel like we've, we can't be as productive and life doesn't look the way it used to. But I, I agree with you that um, I think there are some healthy rhythms that emerge in this time. And, and I think the hope would be that as we go back to some sort of normalcy, uh, how do we take the good stuff with us? Like, how do we take the rhythms that, that really did work in this strange season and how do we bring them into the future? Yeah. How is our world going to change from this? And I think it already has. We just haven't seen, you know, we've had the tsunami. We just haven't seen the aftershocks yet. Hmm. And so we don't know how this is all going to be affected, but I, I agree. I think that um, we, we're, we're going to connect differently. Hopefully it sticks. I want so much of it to stick and I want some of it to fade away into the, sure. but um, you know, like I mentioned I, I had such a, a weird morning and I think we're all going through these ups and downs. And, you know, those of us that are in the field of mental health and, you know, I had my story as I've attempted s severely at 17 and then lost my only brother to suicide mm. um, 12 years ago. And that mm. is what sparked faces of fortitude and all of this. And, you know, my mental health is up and down and um, but this project definitely helps me but we're all experiencing it. But those of us who experienced it before have a little bit of a sandwich now of people that are experiencing it for the first time. And I think that it's twofold. I'm hearing both because I'm sure you get an influx of messages as well from people that are like, I'm struggling. This is hard. Or other people saying, I've been doing this for years. All of a sudden, my roommate has anxiety. How do I help them? And so, and, and, and it's lovely hearing people that have struggled want to help which I think is a, such a great kind of switch in task for them. Um, what's I want to know, because like this morning I started bawling and crying and I was like, you guys, I, I was, I did a live with my followers right from wake up. And I said, I'm going to interview Jamie this morning. And I'm so excited this afternoon. If you have any questions for him. And then one of my followers asked me, how are you doing? And I started crying on the live. I was like, why am I sobbing? But I realized, and I had to dig and find it, and it was just because I was missing a friend, and you know what I mean? And it was just this place. But, you know, what's been the hardest for you? What are you struggling with? And I think um, I want to know that because I want to connect, but I think we all want to connect over struggles. Yeah, I think, I think the hardest part for me would be the fear of losing someone. I, I think the most about my parents uh, just because of their age. Uh, so I, I think about them and, you know, when I, I said goodbye to my mom, she dropped me off at the airport about a week ago and, you know, she's totally healthy and safe, but just, I think because of how fragile this moment feels kind of this moment in time, uh, and not knowing, you know, when I'll be able to see her again, it was really hard. You know, she cried and, um, I think, you know, we're all aware Hey, you know, especially I'm 40, my parents are in their late sixties. So knowing we won't have each other forever, but 
you know, reading the numbers and, and seeing the numbers go up every day, I think it's, it's just made me reflect on, you know, how hard it would be to lose them. And, and then you hear these other stories that are hard to explain of people who are our age and had no underlying, you know, health issues where it's, they, they sort of break the mold where they're not, they're not grandparents. They're not in their sixties or seventies. So I think it's, it makes sense that so many of us are afraid. And, And yet I agree with you where I haven't been afraid every day. I haven't been afraid all day, every day, but, but I think, I think I've had to give myself grace and permission to sort of be aware that it's going to be a roller coaster a little bit. And so there will be days where I'm sad. There will be days where I'm anxious or even moments, not even a whole day. Maybe it's just part of a day. Uh, And I think just giving myself permission to, to feel all of it, but also to try to be healthy in the midst of that. But um, we did a campaign years ago called fears versus dreams, which is based on, asking people their biggest fear and their greatest dream. And so I've gotten that question a lot over the years. And I think for a long time, I would say my biggest fear was being alone romantically, not finding love, not finding a partner in that sense. But I, I think lately someone asked me the other day and, and I just feel like, you know, I'm my biggest fear at this point would be losing the people that I love. Mm. Sorry, that's kind of a long answer. No, I think it's so smart. You know, I think our mortality is so, um, it's scary in general. But then add something like this on where, you know, we wonder if we're getting the right information from our government. We wonder if we're getting the right information from doctors and clinicians and even from our neighbors. You know, we watch people handling the quarantine, the masks, everything is happening differently. Everybody's handling things differently. And that can cause so much fear. Then add on suicide. If you've experienced it, if you've attempted it, if you've had a loss, there's another level of death fear there that um, I had a death doula on that I was speaking to. And, you know, they've, this whole community has been trying to bring me in as a suicide prevention advocate um, to speak about death but it's so hard for me to speak mm. about because it's a fear for me because that's a trauma for me. It's different. Yeah. And so those of us that have experienced trauma on top of all this trauma, um, I just had a friend telling me, you need to sit in those moments that you're the most scared, but just not live there. Mm. And I think it's so powerful that sitting in those uncomfortable spaces while we're all so uncomfortable right now, <laughs> sure, it's a hard place. Definitely. I saw, I don't know if it was a meme or a tweet, but, my sister reposted something that was uh, basically just that the whole world's, whoever wrote it, it was like, wow, finally the whole world's anxiety caught up to my anxiety. And I think it, it touches on what you were sharing sort of at the beginning of this point or this question, just that for people that have already struggled with depression or anxiety, uh, it is interesting to feel like, okay, wow, other, other people are now in this boat as well. It's almost bananas. My partner was saying um, they're actually dealing with it better than me because I'm an ex- extrovert and they're an introvert. And they said, um, I'm actually doing okay. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And they said, well, I, I, there's, I, I have societal anxiety and there's no society. Mm. And I was like, well, there's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> yeah. I just, I still, I still come back and it, it may be simple and um, I, I know it's not a, a perfect solution, but just, I think reminding people that, 
you know, sure, we can't, we can't go to the mall. You can't go to a concert. You can't, you can't do so many things that, that, that not long ago were part of our normal or our everyday normal, but we can still connect. We can still be in relationships. We can have conversations like what you and I are doing right right now. And so I do think it, it feels important to remind people that, you know, I, I think it, it could be tempting to just give ourselves to the narrative of just, Oh my gosh, I'm completely alone and I have no options and no resources and I think it does feel important to to sort of push back at that and say, hey, you, it looks different. It's not as easy. It's not going to look the same, but but we're still designed to be in relationships and we're still designed to have conversations. And, and so we need that introvert or extrovert. Well, and there's elbow room there. I think when we shift and when things move like this, we tend to go, oh, this is a weird, I'm not used to moving these muscles. When in reality, it's creating this new space around us that if we allow ourselves to just, you know, I I had all these 2020 goals, these amazing goals for myself and my project. They're all fucked. Like I can't do any of them. I can't do any of them. But you know what I decided? I was like, what goals have you thought about that you can do by yourself that you never thought you'd do? I always wanted to longboard. I always wanted to skateboard, longboard, like cruise. I'm fucking 45. Like, come on. But you know what? A friend was, I was, I put it out on Facebook and I was like, I'll just see if anybody has a longboard. We'll just see. Five minutes I had one. And I'm teaching myself. And my partner's like, you're going to break a hip and now is not the time for us to go to the hospital. (laughs) But I don't care. Like, I'm going to be like cruising down Pacific Coast Highway when I go to LA every other month for shoots like by July period, like that's my goal. And you know what I mean? I can do that by myself and I can lay, I took a walk with our dog and laid in the grass by myself and looked up at the trees. And that was really great for about an hour and some forest bathing. Like there are things we just have to. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I totally agree. And, and again, I know that, I know that not everyone is in identical circumstances. And so I know it's a, for me, it's, I'm in a, privileged position to still be getting a paycheck and you know what I mean? Like I want to acknowledge that not that, that some people are just struggling with basic needs and, and trying to figure out how to pay rent and when can I go back to work? Uh, But, but I do think that for so many of us, we do relate to what you said, which is, whoa, my goals went out the window. My days look so different, but I, I love what you said about, okay, well, what, what can we still make of that? What can the new, whether they're goals or not, it could be like what you said, it could be a new hobby. It could be reconnecting with an old hobby. You know, it doesn't have to be about performance or excellence or producing something like you were, if someone was curious about riding a longboard skateboard, go for it. Or if it's just getting up in the morning and getting dressed, like yeah, anything. And at this point, like, I think I'm having to do some of that self-care because like the anxiety that hit me this morning was around logging onto Facebook and seeing my friends that own restaurants and businesses being denied SBA Mm. um, assistance and loans, crying the whole day, not sure what they're going to do. You know, I'm already like, if I get a stimulus check, which I have no idea if I will, I'm already wanting to donate those to the people that I know, the undocumented workers that aren't getting those. Like Mm. there are so many things now that have changed my perspective and that money has shifted its kind of vision in my head and what it looks like and how can we be this mutual aid for each other? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. 
I feel like we're we're in a time now where those of us that were in the I wouldn't call us in the in the dredges, but I feel like the suicide mental health community was very stigmatized and very quiet, not quiet, but we were we were muted by society for a while. And we have risen to the surface because everybody needs it now. Mm. And now is the time for us to just remind people that we've always been here, but sure, we're here to, we're here to help you too. But, you know, I think that um, I think that that right now across the board, we can help more than we realize. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, so many people are, are now talking about mental health. And so it makes sense that it's an important moment for those of us that have already committed to, to being a part of this work and having these conversations. Yeah. Well, I would love to ask you my lightning round questions. You're old enough to know you're in my X generation to know that, um, I am hearkening back to the James Lipton years, uh, the actor's studio. So I kind of made my own because there are questions that have been asked to me in interviews in the past. And I just love the, the idea of hearing people's answers. That's great. Um, first of all, I want to know your favorite swear word. Oh, goodness. Um, I'm, not, I, I'm already not being very lightning-ish. Um, <laughs> uh, my, oh, wait. I guess I have to be willing to say it. Uh-huh. My, uh, my sister I'm not gonna say it but my sister and I my sister and I jokingly we joke about a campaign to normalize the c word oh I but think that, but that, that's that's more like a, a brother sister off the record banter you know yeah I mean I shit almost seems too tame so I guess I would Oh man, it's. I guess. I, I I, does everyone go with the? Face. Does Everybody everyone go with the F, the F word? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. But it's different forms of the F word. I get a lot of like motherfucker or fuck it or you know what I mean. Yeah. But I haven't heard shit yet, and there is a lot of ways to say shit. Shit seems pretty PG thirteen when you when you lay out all the options. <laughs> um, but the C word is funny because in the UK and Australia, it is it's much more common than here. Here it's like, what have you done? (laughs) I love that, Jamie. I I would like to reclaim the C word as well. So I get it. (laughs) Tell your sister I support it. It's good. Okay. Okay, The next question is right now, um, everybody's going to certain self-care tools. Is there a book or a certain album or music or a movie that you are going to when you're like, it's been a day, I just need to turn this on or open you know, read this book or watch this movie to help me. I just finished season three of Ozark. So good, right? You you saw season three? So the new character, Ben, who is introduced in season three, honestly, I would say is one of my all-time favorite television characters. And obviously, mental health is a big part of his storyline. So I I was just incredibly moved by his character, his performance, the the sensitivity, the way he portrayed mental health, specifically bipolar. Um, I finished it, so I have to find a new show to love that much. Mm-hmm. But um, that that for the last week has been a, a real source of comfort, which is probably ironic because it's also a really dark, intense <laughs> show. But but that that new character was such a bright spot for me. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. I love that. And I I think that right now, any escape that we can have from what's happening in the world, no matter how dark or light it is, I think it's an escape. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of, I I posted something about this yesterday, but I, I think a lot of, I, I often find hope in seemingly dark places. And I think a lot of it is, is maybe less about something being obviously hopeful at first glance and just more, is this honest? Is it human? And if so, I think that gives us permission to be honest. And it also, you know, if, if something resonates with you as honest, I think that says, Hey, someone else has been there. Someone else has felt what you feel. And, and that can be encouraging. And, and I think there's hope in that. So I think I've gotten more comfortable with finding hope in surprising places. I love that. I think that could be a bumper sticker. <laughs> it might be a, a long one. Yeah, but still. <laughs> um, okay. The next one is name three influential people who have inspired you to be who you are today, who are not white, straight, cis men. White. Okay. They're not, they Correct. can be one of those, but not all of those. No, they can't. I, I don't think they should be. Well, no. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, Glennon Doyle. Do you know Glennon's work? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Glennon, Glennon is a, a newish friend, but definitely one of my heroes. Just, I've just been so inspired by her, not only her activism, but her honesty and the way she mixes in humor. And I mean, following her is almost like, it's almost like a reality show because they choose to share so much her and her wife. Right. Um, but I've just been so encouraged and inspired by Glennon. Uh, Propaganda is a, is a friend. He, his name is Jason Petty, but it, he's a, his hip hop and spoken word poetry. Uh, he goes by Propaganda. And so he's a rapper based in LA who's just, just brilliant. And, and I've learned a lot from following him. He's a, he's another friend as well. Um, and then... Tanya Ingram is another spoken word poet. She's an African-American from New York who now lives in LA and is another one who's not only talented, but has just chosen to be incredibly vulnerable. She's had some, some really significant health challenges. And, and so it's been really powerful and beautiful to watch someone just share their pain, their uncertainty, their grief at times in, in such a poetic way. So to kind of combine her gifts with her reality. Um, so those are, those are three that come to that. mind. Those are great. You came up with those so fast. Nice job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. I have so another last- friend. I have a friend that lives in Iraq, but then I realized he's also a, he's a white guy from America. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But I mean, yeah, it, that's why I kind of want to twist people's minds just a little bit, just because yeah. you know, the average white straight Oh, sure, sure. Has a lot. Um, Okay. The last question is one that made me cry when I first was asked it. And I wanted to make sure I asked everybody. If you could have lunch with your younger self, what would you tell them? And more importantly, what would you eat? Oh, I like that. What would I tell them? I feel like I've gotten, I've gotten this one over the years. So I have a little bit of practice, but I think I've always been prone to worry and stress, especially about the future, about finding love, navigating breakups and heartache. 
Um, so it's weird. I don't know that. I don't know that it's ever helpful advice, but at this point sitting here, I'd love to, I'd love to say, Hey, don't, don't worry. Don't, don't hold it so tightly. You will get over this. You know, you love has a way of coming back. Not, not necessarily, not in my case, the, it's not the same person, but you can find love again and you can feel happy again. You can feel joy. You can be surprised. So I think maybe the lesson or the advice would be just not to hold things so tightly. Um, and good question. My go-to kind of comfort meal as a kid was so simple. It was macaroni and cheese and tuna fish. Not 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 all mixed together, like <laughs> like separate, but on the same plate. I was going to um, say, Jamie, that yeah, is yeah, so gross. No. <laughs> um, so I, like in more recent years, we would have sushi, but to honor – to honor the the early days, I I could eat mac and cheese and tuna fish. Oh, tuna fish, that was nice. Okay, I love that. That's an awesome answer. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, to round this out, how uh, how can people find you online? And anything coming up, or you know, encouraging people to go to the org for their support and or for support in any way. Yeah. So we we actually have a five k coming up, which is probably a surprising thing to promote. We've this is our eighth annual run for it 5k and we've always done a physical race where you know people are invited to run and walk together in Florida that has been canceled for obvious reasons but we still are offering the virtual component and it's it's actually been a surprise and in, in recent years we've seen more people participate virtually which simply means running or walking wherever they live so we've had people do it in all 50 states and around the world and so whether whether it's running, walking, pushing a stroller, pushing a wheelchair, um, we're inviting people to do that. We kind of the tagline is to invite people to move for something that matters. So we've seen people honor loved ones that they've lost. We've seen people run on behalf of a friend who's struggling or maybe their own recovery, their own sobriety. So the website, you can find it on the organization's website, which is TWLOHA.com. There's also runforit5k.com. And then I think probably the thing we're most proud of is our find help tool. So anyone in the US can come to our site, click on find help and enter their zip code to find local mental health resources. And that includes free and reduced rate services. And actually in this moment, it, uh, there's even resources related to COVID-19. So resources related to finances, employment, food. So not, not super zoomed in on mental health, but, but just thinking about how do we help a whole person in this time. Um, so we love to offer that. We love to remind people there are online support groups. Uh, we all love to remind people, you know, telehealth is a funny, funny word, but just the idea that you can still go to counseling you're probably not going to be in the same room, but you can still connect with a licensed mental health counselor in this time. So all of that uh, is me inviting people to check out the organization's website again, twloha.com. And if any, and then people can follow us at Twaloha, and mine is just my name at Jamie Twarkowski, which is J A M I E T W O R K O W S K I. I spent like 30 minutes trying to say your name just for the record. Oh, you, did, you did great. 
I was you didn't, like, and you didn't even practice. I was proud of you for not like a lot of times people run it by me because they're afraid. I I uh, I I admit to finding other videos of other people pronouncing it correctly. Oh, you did great. I- well, the funny <laughs> thing is, you, it's pretty. What is it called? Phonetic. It's when you, super phonetic. Yeah. So, but it's just intimidating because there's a lot of letters. Well, my name is very phonetic. Mary Angela is very phonetic, but people look at it like they've oh. seen an alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. I did a double take. I was like, "Whoa, I've never seen this name before." That's why people call me M. So yeah. <laughs> well, I want to round out with a quick story because I heard about your organization. I want to say almost a decade ago, for the first time ever. And I had a dear old high school friend come to my house for Thanksgiving, and her daughter had gone missing and was a um, had struggled with addiction and self harm, and she had told me that she she had cried at my table and told me that her daughter she didn't know where she was, and she said, but there's an organization that's really been helping her and helping me, and so when she told me about it, I sat there and we Googled it over the Thanksgiving dinner, and she cried, and we just we kind of healed together, and so that was it was such a great way. Um, to kind of learn about it through somebody's sadness, but at the same time, watch it help them as she pulled it up. Wow. And so I just wanted to tell you that it was kind of a, uh, it'll, I'll never forget it because it was a holiday. Sure. That I, that I found out about it and I've, I've been a fan ever since. That's amazing. What, whatever happened with her daughter? Um, she's in and out of, of their lives now, um, but yeah. she's working really hard to try to stay sober. But I think, you know, as they say, um, uh, you know, having relapse is part of recovery. Sure. And so I think she's in that process. And we just, I was there when she was born. So watching her as a young adult now kind of struggle is, it's heartbreaking, but um, I've watched your org help her mom and help her yeah. and um, she's in and out, but I think she's, she's trying her best. And I think that's what we're all doing at this moment is just trying our best. Definitely. Wow. Thank you for, for sharing that story with me. And um, please, please give my love to your friend that, yeah, I really, really appreciate that. I and I'll will. be I'll be rooting for for that family. Yeah, her name's Michaela. Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here, Jamie. And love to you and yours and your sweet little puppy who I've been Oh, with. she's she's laying she's on the bed next oh, to me. She <laughs> is the cutest little puppy. I don't even know how you yeah, how you Oh, uh, thank you. So, thanks for being here and I uh I look forward to seeing to speaking with you again. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for joining us for this conversation as part of our Face to Faces series. We hope you'll join and support the Faces of Fortitude community on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude, on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and on Twitter as myself, Mary Angela Abeo. If you'd like to become a face in the project or join me in conversation on the podcast, or maybe you have an idea for a topic we should explore or a person we should interview, please contact us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. And until next time, please have extra patience and kindness for yourself and others.